0: Welcome back to Siemens Process Automation Digitalization Tech Talks, where we're usually talking about all the latest and greatest in digital technology for the process industries. But for this month, Jonas Narinder is back, one of our digitalization consultants. And we're going to talk about the methodology that we use for a customer that wants to implement digital transformation within their organization, but don't know really where to start, don't know what technologies to use, and and are really not sure which projects will give them the best bang for the buck. So we broke it down into four steps that we're going to talk about in this conversation. So let's go ahead and jump in with Jonas. Welcome back, Jonas. So we talked a couple months ago, and we talked about, you know, introduction to digitalization, some of the the trends of why people are adopting digitalization, the challenges, and we've seen this this trend of digitalization in general going on for a few years now. And so for companies implementing it now, there are now tried and tested approaches and methodologies to this. And so on this podcast, we wanted to take it a step forward because we both work together with um, a, digitalization consulting offerings that we have at Siemens itself and kind of wanted to break down into four steps how we go about talking to customers and helping them get started on that digital transformation um, but first of all welcome Jonas good to have you again
1: thank you very much Ben I appreciate it. it's exciting to be here to talk about digital transformation it's uh, it's an evergreen sort of topic so it seems
0: these days so, yes, to start off, before we get into our, our four steps, um, some general points about going into a customer with digitalization consulting project. I mean, first of all, we're not going in there to rip and replace all the existing um, installed base equipment and put in all these fancy digital technologies. That's not the intent, right?
1: No, no, it's certainly not. I mean, we, we, uh, we, our starting point is what the customer has on site. Uh, whether that's Siemens or non-Siemens equipment, it doesn't really matter. We look at what there is, we evaluate it, uh, you know, from a digital perspective, which we will talk about when we go through the framework. Uh, so we take an agnostic approach, uh, which is which is important um, because we don't want to force any specific technologies down people's throats, uh, especially because. You know some of the newer technologies, such as artificial intelligence and machine learning, you know, is not readily applied uh, to a customer in a certain situation. You know, they might have to take some other steps before they can even get to artificial intelligence, and we take all that, all that stuff in into account. And it's really, you know, aimed at helping people do their jobs better. Um, that's that's really what we're what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, and I think even help their existing um, systems talk to each other better, allow them to yes, get the absolutely. data that they already are creating, um, allow mm-hmm. them to collect it, visualize it, um, and get more from it. So it's it's really just making what they have better a lot of times.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. And I think it's it's uh, important to emphasize kind of, you know, but before we go into into the, the four-step process it's an important to emphasize that from a company perspective uh, that the process of digital transformation should not be done in vacuum by a select few you know it shouldn't be something that you know the the c-suite yeah. uh, thinks that they want to do and go ahead and do without having the support of the people that are actually going to do it uh, that's definitely one important point and then uh, so the second point kind of ties into that that you also need need to ensure uh, involvement of key people from various departments. It really has to be a company wide approach. And I've seen you know companies uh, create entire organizations focused on digital transformation. And I and I do think that that is a, a, a key thing to do uh, because. You can't have people do their normal jobs and then have digital transformation happen, uh, you know, as kind of a side gig. It has to be their full-time job
0: for sure. Yeah, have to be committed. And Absolutely. yeah, like we like to say, it has to be a top-down approach and a bottom-up. And generally, yeah. it has to be a goal and initiative of that company from the top. But then when we're actually, you know, on the process floor trying to improve things, we start from the operators and all the way down from the bottom. So it has to be looked at from both ways, definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because there's also going to be things that have to be, I mean, we don't do rip in the place, but that being said, there still might be things that need to be replaced or you have to, uh, you know, acquire or buy hardware that enables yeah. you to connect some of your devices to the cloud, for instance. So there has to be some investment done. And sometimes those investments, yeah. you know, are pretty substantial. So they have to be approved by, you know, by maybe, you know, the executive level. So. Absolutely, you got to have the entire organization on board.
0: Okay, so let's jump into the four steps. So we, someone wants a digital transformation, they hire us to do a consulting project, and so we walk in there. And what's what's step one for them? How do they even start going from square one to implementing digital technologies?
1: So it's really uh, the first step is to identify the scope of the digital transformation journey. Uh, you, you want to identify what is it that we are trying to achieve, what is the end goal or uh, let's say goals along the way that we want to achieve. Do we want to be able to better serve our customers? Do we want to be able to do things better, faster, cheaper? Do we want to become more, more flexible? Do we want to increase our throughput you know, of a certain machine or certain equipment or at certain plants? So you, you kind of have to look at those uh, initially. Uh, to decide what is it that we're really trying to achieve, <clears throat> and then also why are we why are we trying to, to achieve it? Is it because uh, our customers' demands are changing, or there's some trends in the market that are changing? We want to make sure we understand those from the customer's perspective, uh, and then essentially uh, identify some business drivers and motivations behind initiating this digital uh, transformation journey, and those. Uh, let's say business drivers will then be used later on in the process. Uh, so, it's kind of an initial thought, hey, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And where, where, where do we want to go with this whole digital transformation journey? Because it can't just be about the technology, uh, right? It's not the technology that's the end goal. Uh, there has to be something more substantial to it. The technology are simply enablers, if you will. So, step one is important. Um, uh, for sure to to establish kind of the, the baseline of, of what they want to do.
0: Yeah, and that takes us right into the next step from there. You know why you're doing it and what you want to do. And so now the the second step is to really assess where you are right now, your digitalization readiness or digitalization maturity, as we call it sometimes. So in other words, what have you done in the past that can be seen as digitalization? How advanced are your processes now? So are you... Um, able to get your data from the plant floor up to the cloud? Are your different um, systems communicating to each other? Do you have data in silos? Things like this are things to consider to where you are now. So when we're looking at a whole organization um, from the top down, so what other things to consider for the scope? You know, maybe you have a few plants around the U.S. or around the world. And so it's kind of um, seeing which ones may be more mature and which ones may be a little far behind and need some of these investments. And so we recommend picking one in the middle to see what is possible and then going from there. And so when we're looking at the digital maturity or the digital readiness, it's important to look at every part of the process from the IT and OT systems, which is informational technology. And I guess a lot of people haven't heard OT before, but operational technology. So that out on the plant floor and then all the plant processes, networks, connectivity um, from the beginning to when you're receiving material all the way out to the end.
1: Yep, and the goal here is really, uh, as you mentioned, is to understand what equipment is digitalization ready and which equipment is not. Because at the end of the day, you want to identify uh, projects or let's say process improvement projects that could be considered low-hanging fruit. Uh, we want to recommend that you try to identify projects that can be deployed in the smaller setting first to verify the projected outcomes, but we're also looking at the bigger picture to tie everything together, right? If you have three different projects, uh, how are those things, how are those projects tied together to improve on certain areas?
0: Yeah, and, and, and I even talked about multiple plants, and so sometimes you're looking at that high level of how you can tie these systems together globally with the whole organization because i feel that's a big theme of digitalization as well if you want to compare data between plants i think that's also a consideration
1: yeah and 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 that's where the the consideration comes in whether or not to do a single plant or do two or three plants Uh, right because you you have things that are specific to the single to a single plant and then you have things that are uh, a broader, more corporate-wide uh, challenges that you can only address if you know what the situation is across several plants. Okay. So, but the, but the process of kind of identifying those those projects or uh, optimization opportunities uh, is to essentially talk to uh, each department that is having issues. We would typically have uh, representatives from all relevant departments in one room. Have a conversation, simply ask people, tell me what you do today, what tools you're using, and what are your biggest headaches? So that's kind of the, the first one. Yeah, thing I wouldn't even do, say right?
0: departments having issues. We talk to everyone from every department, from the person receiving all the way to the person, you know, sending out, if that's how it works, and just seeing what they do on a day to day basis. And then the I feel like the issues just tend to come out, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's kind of a good way to open up the conversation. Uh, and, and there tends to be quite a few, I mean, just from experience. I mean, we can have as many as 40, maybe even 60 pain points or challenges, if you will, uh, you know, that individuals and departments bring up. That's a large list. What do we do with that? Uh, we essentially ident- identify uh, some opportunities, process improvement opportunities that address those challenges. And typically... Uh, Though, you know, one, uh, let's say, project or improvement opportunity could address, you know, as many as, you know, 10 pain points, so maybe only one or two. Uh, But what you want to try to do is you want to narrow it down to a short list of typically 12 to 15 projects, right? Um, Makes it a little bit more manageable than the 60, I would say. And then what you do is you prioritize uh, this short list and this is where the key business drivers that you identified in step one, that's where those come in, because you uh, prioritize them based on those key drivers. And we use a a matrix to make that fairly uh, visual and easy to see. And at the end of the day, you are looking at maybe three, maybe four projects that are like the most important things uh, for the company to focus on. So it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty let's say rigid process, but it really but with a lot of openness and discussion to allow people to share their thoughts in an open forum, and that's important. You got to have everybody on board, and be open to share their 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 challenges and pain points, and all that stuff to really make it a, a good process.
0: Yeah, and so what's an example of what we kind of just walked through here? So say um, a project that we identify very frequently would be. Um, something along the lines of material tracking and so maybe some of those pain points that led to that project would be um, the the customer not knowing exactly what material is even coming in and then not having a system for um, storing inventory and then not really having a system of taking that product out of inventory and using it within the process so you don't really know what you have in store you may be using some of the the new material before the the older stuff that got in and then you have to trash it and so these could be whatever five or six pain points from a few different people throughout the organization. And then it leads to a project of material tracking, maybe a more robust inventory management system, maybe RFID tagging on the material or even RTLS, which we talked about in one podcast, um, location tracking. And so you know exactly where it is within the facility. And so those kind of group of pain points will come together and create one project and then we move from there and see or prioritize the projects like Jonas mentioned and see if material tracking is really going to hit one of your key business drivers. Is that going to hit throughput and profitization? Maybe, it may speed up some things, but that's then discussed with the customer and see if it really is important to them.
1: Yep, and and that's kind of the, 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 the current state. And then, you know, how do we improve things? Where do we improve things? Which then leads us to the third step, which is uh, with that prioritization that you made, you probably end up having three, four, maybe five projects that are like, like key to the organization. Uh, implementation is fairly easy, but the impact is, is pretty high. I mean, those are the ones that we would normally refer to as low-hanging fruit. So uh, in step three, you now want to look at each, let's say if it's three projects, you want to uh, assess each of these projects in terms of really understanding what is the issue, what is the solution that we think could help solve the issue. And it's not until that point that we start thinking about what technologies are available to help uh, solve this challenge. So that's really where we go into uh, an in-depth assessment of the current situation look for a solution we also look at cost here right because um yes we don't do rip and replace as I mentioned a couple of times but there is investment required typically so you want to know whether there is actually a, a, what the return on the investment is how long it's going to take before you can recoup that investment uh, what's the payback period, and so forth. So there we really focus on the specific projects in quite a, quite a bit of detail, I would say, right?
0: Yeah, we give them quite a detailed report to then go ahead and make the decisions.
1: Yeah, and that's, and that's really what's required at this point um, because that's when it's becoming tangible, right? Because we start from this, let's say, big picture assessment of where the company wants to go uh, where they currently are, and then we lay out a essentially a roadmap of projects that tells them how they're going to get there. And of course, you know, if they identify three, four, five projects to focus on, there is typically a lot more to it than that. Uh, but at least that's going to give them a good starting point. Um, and what we typically identify are sort of foundational issues or foundational challenges that need to be addressed. So. Again, let's, let's say that you want to get data into the cloud to do some analysis, contextualization, to create value out of that data. Uh, if you don't have equipment that's able to, uh, to, to push that data into the cloud, well, then you have to find a strategy on how to do it. You have to design an architecture that allows you to do that. So those are typically some of the projects that we would identify first and typically are the ones that also would be prioritized the highest. Uh, and then of course, once you've kind of looked at those projects, then you can start looking at additional projects after that. So with the information that you now have available uh, for those three, four five projects you want to focus on, you have the solution at hand, you have the required investment, you have uh, um, the investment both from people, but also from monetary standpoint, you got the return on investment. The fourth step is then fairly simple, if you will. Uh, That's essentially uh, laying out the timeline uh, for uh, each of those projects over typically a one to two year timeline, kind of depending on how aggressive the customer wants to see it. It could also be three years, depending on the size of the projects. We slice and dice it into smaller manageable pieces, put it in a, uh, a chart, to lay out the timeline of the project. And that essentially is your digital transformation roadmap um, that the customer can now decide how much money do they want to spend on this? Do they want to approve all three projects? Do they want to approve one for now? Uh, Six months or in the next budget period, do the next one. Um, So that's really up to them at this point. So we kind of given them with that a, a, a good, solid, tangible, a roadmap to implement and start that digital transformation journey.
0: All right, perfect. So there you have it. That's all it takes to become digitally transformed and create a roadmap to <laughs> improving your organization right there. Um, and so... Yeah, I mean,
1: it, it, uh, we obviously, you know, make it sound pretty simple, but, but the beauty of it is that there is a, a firm process and framework behind it, which actually does make it fairly simple, and... Uh, to develop and identify opportunities then of course the implementation um that's where you know that's when the rubber really meets the road and you have to start you know rolling up the sleeve and and start working on things but but that's the fun part too though i mean it's all it's a journey right um it doesn't happen yeah definitely
0: and yeah it's simple but i mean people when you're thinking of digital technologies and hearing about all these things, it's really hard to just know where to start. So I think the simple process and uh, methodology really makes it easy to really get started and know what will benefit you the most in the short term and then know Absolutely. where to go from there.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. Good point.
0: But all right. So that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Go through the framework of really what we do when we go into a customer and help them with their digital transformation. So thank you, Jonas. And um, now we're at the part where where do we want where do we go to learn more about digitalization consulting and what we talked about today?
1: Yeah. So we we have a couple of events uh, coming up that we obviously just want to take this opportunity to advertise for. We have a what we call a digital uh, digital transformation uh, workshop which is coming up on July fifteenth. It's essentially a three hour right now, a virtual event. We will hopefully go back to face-to-face soon, but it's a virtual event where we uh, essentially discuss this framework in more detail. We have breakout session, uh, breakout sessions for the attendees to, to spend some time thinking about digital transformation from their own perspective, but also get the perspective from peers. So that is coming up on July 15th. And do you want to talk about the July 20th event, Ben?
0: Yeah. And then July 20th, we have a webinar session, um, part of our Siemens Process Automation Innovation Tour, where we're kind of doing different webinars and sessions every Tuesday. But July 20th, Jonas, myself and one other colleague is doing a very similar format to this and kind of going over in a bit more detail how to start your digital transformation and the framework of of what we do to get there and what we kind of talked about today. And so that's going to be just an hour session with a lot of a lot more interaction and question and answer. Um, I believe 2 p.m. Eastern, July 20th, which is a Tuesday.
1: Yeah, and and just in that session too, there will be plenty of time to ask questions. We have like 25, 20, 25 minutes allotted just for questions. So. So show up, bring all your, your questions, and we'll do the best we can to uh, to answer them. And the additional colleague's name is Alexander Falkov, so that'll be pretty cool. Uh, that'll be a fun, a fun session.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, all right. Well, I guess that's it for this podcast. We'll probably see Jonas in a few more months, but thank you again for joining us.
1: Yes, th- thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me. As always, it's a pleasure.